The Great Thrive Podcast, episode 97, Building a Handmade Business Beyond Yourself with Poppy Treffry. I'm Jess Van Den, and this is the Create and Thrive Podcast. A former school teacher, I turned my handmade hobby into a thriving business, and I also teach other creatives how to do the same. My goal is to help you learn how to turn your creative hobby into a thriving, profitable business. So let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. And I'm coming to you from my lovely home in Queensland, Australia, for those of you who don't know exactly where I am. And uh, we've been enjoying a lot of rain the last week, which is great in that our tanks are full and our gardens are happy. But I am looking forward to a little bit of blue sky autumn weather so I can get outside. (laughs) Getting a little bit stir crazy being uh, stuck indoors due to inclement weather for a little while now. But I really can't complain because it doesn't happen very often. Uh, Most of the time here we're pretty darn lucky with our weather. Somewhere that is not so lucky (laughs) is where my guest this week comes from. But more about that in a minute. Before I dive into that, just a reminder that, yes, Thriver Circle membership is opening again soon. Uh, I hope you're just going to come along and join us in the circle. It would be lovely to welcome you. Uh, For those of you who don't know, there's something extra special uh, about being part of the circle. On top of all the workshops and the weekly uh monthly chats and calls and et cetera, et cetera, in the community. And that is the Your Year to Thrive program. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, you can find out more by going to youryear2thrive.com. It's a year-long comprehensive program, e-course for makers that I developed and launched in the middle of last year. So yes, it's 52 weeks worth of lessons where I basically teach you everything you need to know to start and grow a successful handmade business. Uh, it's kind of the course I wish I had <laughs> had had back in my first few years of business. And I try to cover, you know, all of the important pieces of information that I have learned the hard way over the last almost nine years in business. I've been running my own handmade business, Ethereal, since October 2008. Oh my goodness, it'll be the 10-year anniversary next year, which I only realized a few a few weeks ago and it kind of blew my mind that I've been, you know, um, doing this business for so long. It's the, the thing I've stuck to for the longest in my life by far, apart from, you know, my family, which I was born into. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's been a long time and we're still doing it and still enjoying it. So the UAU to Thrive program, it's uh yeah, it's really comprehensive. You get a lesson a week for a whole year via email. And there is no additional cost. If you are a member of the Thriver Circle, that is all you need to do to get access to this enormous course. Uh, just join the circle and stay in the circle for a whole year and you will get the entire course. So if you want to know more about that, do go to Your Year to Thrive and check it out. Uh, it, you know, it's really kind of, I guess, to this point, my, my opus of uh, education, of helping uh, handmade business people really thrive. And that's why it's called Your Year to Thrive. So I hope to welcome you into the Thrive Circle and welcome you into the Your Year to Thrive course as well. Come early April, 
Uh, if you're not already on the Create and Thrive mailing list, there's a link over on when you go to check out Your Year to Thrive, there'll be a link to sign up and uh, you'll get notification as soon as membership opens because it is only open for 48 hours at a time and only four times a year. So if you miss it, you have to wait for the next time. Uh, yeah, so my guest today is someone I was very excited to talk to. She hails from Cornwall in England, which is a beautiful part of the world. And her name is Poppy Trefry. Uh, if you know of her, that might be sort of super exciting right about now. Poppy has been running her own business, uh, making quirky, colorful textile accessories and gifts for many years now. She currently has two retail stores in Cornwall. She uh, started her business with selling via retail, um, via a trade show. And most excitingly, and this is why I really wanted to get her on the show, she's actually grown her business to the point where she has about 15 employees. So she has people working in her shops. She has people making her stuff for her. She has people helping her with the marketing and the packing and everything else. So if you have or want to grow your business beyond just you, this is the episode for you to listen to because we go through her whole journey and she shares, you know, how she grew her business, why she grew her business and, um, you know, the challenges and the, the, the blessings and the benefits of growing a business, a handmade business, a successful handmade business beyond just you. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. We had a great time recording it. And uh, I'll see you at the end. Hi, Poppy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jess. It's um, great to be here. It's lovely to have you. Thank you so much for getting up early uh, <laughs> to do this recording. <laughs> it's uh, early morning for Poppy and, and evening for me. So we made it work, which is great. And um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you have a great story. So would you mind just telling us who you are, what you do, and just give us a brief outline of your creative business journey to this point. Um, well, my name's Poppy, um, and I run a company called Poppy Trefry, which is it's my name. Um, <laughs> we make a range of textile accessories um, and homewares. Um, I started the business in 2003, 2004. Um, it started out just myself um, and one very old cranky singer sewing machine. Um, and now, um, 13 years later, um, there's 15 of us involved in the business. So it's, it's over the years, it's, it's grown a huge amount. Um, it's always thrown up new challenges and it, it, it's a, you know, it's always, it's most interesting job I, I could have. That's awesome. And so you've been in business for what, like 14, 13, 14 years now? 13 years I think since I told the tax man (laughs) (laughs) since it was official exactly yeah (laughs) excellent so 13 years and you know you started off just you and your sewing machine and what sort of products were you making when you started out when I first started I mean I should mention the the technique I use is called freehand machine embroidery Mm -hmm. um and it was a technique that I, I taught myself. I, I studied textiles at college, um, printed textiles, um, and I left sort of hating textiles and never wanting to do it again. Right. But somehow I, I discovered this technique of freehand machine embroidery. And so I created a range of, uh, I think my fir- very first products were very small handbags. Um, and then I sort of moved on to tea cozies, um, which were sort of by requests from various family and friends. Um, so those are the products that I did right at the start. 
and I think it'd be fair to say right at the beginning that I didn't repeat anything I just made everything was sort of one-off original pieces inspired by my drawings Mm -hmm. so each piece was they were more like art pieces than um so it wasn't as as commercial Mm -hmm. and would it be so it would be safe to say that you started off like many of us with a handmade business kind of just doing one-off pieces trying new techniques and sort of getting a feel for what worked for you yeah, absolutely. I, I I do remember kind of writing a list of what different <laughs> businesses I could do. And I'd I'd tried knitted mittens, hand knitted mittens. Mm-hmm. They took far too long. Hand bound <laughs> books I had a go at. Uh, all sorts of things. But I think the embroidery, I mean, to be honest, I started and was too, uh, too sort of frightened and scared to show anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And a friend of mine um, actually was the f- person that sort of first took them into a to a gallery who who loved them and took them on and sold them all and it was from there that I saw that there was the potential to to actually turn it into something I could make a living out of but certainly for quite a long time it was just something that I did and would have loved to have had a business as but I was I was too underconfident to Yes. to take it anywhere yeah. my gosh I, you know I think your story is going to be incredibly heartening to a lot of people because that is like the story that so many people have or the or the place Absolutely. they're in now you know the, that kind of experimental phase where they lack confidence in their, their designs and their you know the ability to even turn this thing into a business uh, and yeah. here you are 13 years later with a staff of like 15 people and shops and things all over the place. So, Absolutely. So what <laughs> we it's, very fright- it's very frightening <laughs> at the start of kind of putting, putting it out there. Is the, is, I, I still today wouldn't be able to walk into a shop and, um, and say, would you like to sell my products? That, that's, and I can't even ring someone up and say that. That's and, why I have to have staff. Right. <laughs> to do yes. <laughs> So, so this episode, we're kind of going to take, uh, you know, go through that journey and then work out how it actually happened. Um, it's interesting. Like I, I, I saw your, uh, I came across you. I think someone actually recommended you. Um, said I'd love to, I'd love to know about Poppy's story. And I, I had a look and I was like, wow, like you've done an amazing job of building this business. In contrast to someone like myself, you know, I've been running my jewelry business for nine years now or something but it's still just me and my husband um and that was a deliberate choice you know to keep things small so I guess my first question for you was did you always plan on making it a bigger thing like growing it or did that just kind of evolve it certainly just evolved Mm -hmm. to be honest I don't think I really planned to have a business (laughs) (laughs) It, it was something it it was sort of like I had a lot of different irons in the fire and a lot of different ideas about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And um, the business was the first thing that started to actually work. Right. So um, I, I've always just really followed it where it's taken me. Mm-hmm. But I think as you go through, there are times when you have to kind of push it and give it momentum, particularly now that I, you know, that I do have have so many people working for me I need to always keep it moving forward and keep it making money so that I yes. can afford to pay everybody yes um <laughs> basically it's the bottom line but I would say that I'm I, I've sort of just said yes to everything that came mm-hmm. along as as I went with it and so unlike yourself not I didn't at any point sort of make a deliberate this is where I want it to be. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do with it. I think I've always been like, oh, okay, let's let's see where this <laughs> takes us. Um, so, 
yeah no plans <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go back to the start you know it's you and your sewing machine at what point uh, did you bring on the first person to help you your first staff member and what what kind of made that happen what was the catalyst for that I think my first my first staff member came on I think it was fairly quickly mm-hmm. I think it was within, within a year um okay. I did I launched my business at a trade show so that was a that was quite an you know this was sort of once I had decided yes I'm going to do it yeah um that was that was my first kind of foray into the market and I had quite a lot of support I had a really good mentor and she sort of recommended this trade show and supported myself and other makers in Cornwall to do this trade show mm-hmm. um, and it went well and I could see an inkling of of the potential um, and then with a, a year later I did my second trade show and that went incredibly well mm-hmm. um, and I took you know I took orders my order book was full for six months wow <laughs> and at that point I knew that I needed help yes yeah, I, I yeah so um I think I met I met someone through a friend of a friend and um she came to help me on a fairly ad hoc fairly casual mm-hmm. basis um then she went away for, for <laughs> several months so I found someone else because I found by then I did need that second pair of hands yeah um but my first official employee was I think after about two years of running the business was my sister right um so that was quite um obviously I felt comfortable because she was my sister she Mm. she knew the business very very well and she'd been doing some kind of homeworking for me as well Mm -hmm. um but she had a proper job and she had a young baby (laughs) and I and suddenly it was going to be my job to pay her wages so it was quite on that on that level it was quite um frightening yes that would be slightly terrifying yeah. <laughs> and it's not just about some random person it's like one of the no. closest people to you in the world and my nephew yes my nephew. I need to keep him in nappies <laughs> <laughs> but and, and that is I think that's you know but that that choice you know to to step out and hire someone and actually be responsible for keeping another person in nappies or alive or whatever yep. it, it's quite stressful um and I you know bringing my husband on board it's it's like it's exciting but it's also like okay that's it now like I have to make this work like it has to keep working because it's not just me at stake anymore it's other people uh, absolutely which can be a great motivator so at this in this first few years what what sort of products were you selling a lot of and who were you selling them to in the first few years I was selling an awful lot of tea cozies right and it's quite bizarre because they're, they're quite a niche product, but they just took off. So I was selling them to Fortnum and Mason. I sold them to Liberty. I sold them to sort of boutiques and galleries throughout, mostly throughout the UK, because mm-hmm. I have found in other countries they don't quite understand what no. a tea cozy is. <laughs> we do in Australia, but I think the Americans listening would be like, a what now? <laughs> they want, they, uh, yeah, the, the Americans were like, is it a hat? <laughs> what, what is it? So, um, but for I would say for the first six years of my business, they were my bread and butter. They were mm-hmm. they were what paid the bills. Um, um, but since then, I have you know I have diversified, and I was diverse. You know, I had other products all along. Mm. But um, there was a point, um, and there's a particular reason that the the, the tea cozies. I actually I, I was I was copied by a um, a large manufacturer, mm. and so it 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 basically meant that a lot of the people that used to buy my tea cozies were then able to buy a, 
a sort of made in China version much uh, cheaper. Yeah. Um, and it it meant that I had to really up my game in terms of product development mm-hmm. um, and the offer that I was going to have for my customers to keep to keep going. So yeah. it was in a way it was a it was a, a horrible thing that happened mm. and it involved quite a lot of time sat down with lawyers wondering whether I could do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it involved getting creative and moving things forward. I really love your solution to that is like, you know, yes, you should obviously try to see if there's anything, any legal recourse that you have. And, you know, if there is or is not, that's beside the point. But using it as momentum to, to kind of try to try something new is, a, is a, I think, a healthy way of dealing with that. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so you were selling, uh, you know, you say trade shows. So I'm assuming you were selling predominantly to retailers rather than directly to your customers. Exactly. I, mm-hmm. I started out very much on a, yeah, a wholesale basis. So I started out, I think, due to my original mentor, um, and she herself was a knitwear designer so mm-hmm. and who sold wholesale, and her husband was a potter who sold wholesale. So she had yeah. a very a very good understanding of craft, and particularly the craft where you re- repeat products and you create yes. a range and you sell wholesale. So that's how I first started. And I think that's part of why I was able to or why I had to grow because mm. I think when you're selling wholesale, you, you've got to produce so many more products than if you're just selling to individuals. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was that was very much the how how things began. And that was in the mid-2000s, so, like, selling online, you know, Etsy probably didn't exist then. You no. know, it, it was all very much in its infancy, the whole online handmade business. Yeah, there was none thing. of that. No. Yeah. It's, it's, still it's bizarre when I yeah when I look at it now and think if I was setting up my business now it would be so different <laughs> because there was there was yes yeah, so there was no Etsy there was there was no not on the high street mm. there was no I mean they, they had started around you know, a little bit later and I was mm. one of their first people um, one of their first partners but it was it was yeah it was very much I I wrote my own website and yep. code and, and <laughs> did, did it all so um, there was a and when I actually started, actually to try and work out how to set up a business, mm. I had you know, it was, there was very little out there. And that's why this, you know, the mentor I had was so mm. important because she understood the things that were out there, and that that was, you know, I sort of thought really there were craft fairs, and that was about all you could do to, right. to start a handmade business. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, she showed me a lot more. Yeah, and it sounds like you kind of, you know, once you committed to it and really went forward with it, it kind of went, it started with a bang, you know, trade shows, you can get that enormous amount of orders and so forth. So that sort of kicked, really kicked things off and started things growing. Um, At what point did you decide to have your own shop? That was a fair bit later. It was when I was pregnant with my daughter. I really, really wanted a shop. I don't know why. Is that timing? I think it was that thing of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I want to have something that's going to, that's going to assure that I'm still, I'm still in the game. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I think it was also (laughs) about wanting to tell the story of Mm. my business and have all my products in one place fully within my control yeah um and my partner was just like no way <laughs> you're not getting a shot <laughs> so it's a couple of years after she was after she was born that yeah. I um I finally did manage to, to sort of realize that that dream and you've had that how long have you had your shop now um the first one opened I 2000 and 
10. Okay. So 11. Yeah. Um, and then that, I moved. It was in a very, um, quite a tucked away location. So um, it did. It was quite a good practice shop, but it didn't have <laughs> a massive amount of football. Um, at the time, I ran my, my website from there. So yeah. at least it was sort of covering its costs in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I then was able to, um, I sort of bit the bullet and moved it onto the, the main street in St. Ives. I was able to purchase a lease on the main street. Um, oh, nice. So that I'm just going into my fifth summer in that location, but it's a very, you know, it's a really good location. Very yeah, that's, busy. that's fantastic. I love Cornwall. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. I'll have you, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's lovely. Especially, yeah. well, I've only been in the summer, so let's be honest, but in the summer, yeah. it's, it's lovely. All year round. And very busy. Um, Absolutely. Which yeah. is great for obviously a, a retail business. So yeah. so yeah. now you've got your own store. Is Am I right in thinking you've got more than one store? Yeah, I, well, I opened my second store um, last December um, in another seaside town called Padstow, which oh, is Padstow. Um, yes. in, yeah in North Cornwall, which is actually more where I I grew up in that area mm-hmm. more so than down um, in St Ives where my um, first shop is. So that that is um, I'm waiting for the season to get going because mm-hmm. it is a very both the places are very seasonal. You know, you, the bulk of your business will happen in July and August. Yeah, um, so you have to sort of juggle that yeah definitely so you've got now you've got the two shops uh you obviously sell online as well um via various places your own website uh do you still sell to other retailers as well yeah i do yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's still quite a big part of our business is selling to yeah selling to shops and galleries um throughout the uk and then we have uh a fair few stockists in in the states um a couple in Australia, mm-hmm. I think. Awesome. Not many, um, and a couple in Japan. So yeah, we've 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 got a little bit of international trade as well. Okay, that's that's awesome. Just kind of getting your name out there. So um, t- taking it back a little bit again, you hired your sister. She was mm-hmm. helping you. I'm assuming with the actual making of the products. She right from the start had quite. I think she had quite a few hats. So she's right. She was making, but she was also um, doing sort of marketing kind of side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, and then gradually she moved much more into into marketing mm-hmm. um, and running the website. Um, she's the one that first got us uh, a Facebook account, a Twitter account, all yeah. of that when that was all really quite quite new for businesses <laughs> to have that. So she sort of built up all that side of things. And that's still what she does within the business. So right. she she also, you know, put her in charge of the shop. I was like, right, we've got a shop now. You can go and work there and, <laughs> and do the marketing, run the website. So for a lot of time, you know, she a long time, she had a lot of hats. Um, so you're still keeping your actually, nephew in clothing then? Absolutely. Yep. Two nephews now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she actually left the business, I think, three four years ago because I think she she'd been with me just maybe nine years and Mm -hmm. I think she felt that she needed to to stretch her wings a bit Mm -hmm. um so she now works um for another um small uh handmade business Mm -hmm. um doing all of their marketing but then after about a year we coaxed her back so she (laughs) had free free love for me doing the marketing and also working for another business um and she she's amazing she uh, i think it was exactly although it was quite difficult and i was very sad that she was leaving i think it was very much the right decision Mm. for her to be able to not necessarily just be working for her sister yeah because you know 
one needs to get away <laughs> now and again. Yeah, and kind of try try out new things and, and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you had your sister um, on board from early on. And then sort of how did it grow, uh, you know, uh, employee-wise? Who did you start bringing on after that? I think I probably the next person was some um, – was a lady that was going to pack in all the orders mm-hmm. that was that was the next the next kind of person that came on board um uh and then i had because i think i originally had my sister making and then i've now got four people that make for me at home mm-hmm. so most of those have been with me I and mean, bryony's been stitching with me almost since the beginning um so they it would be the makers that sort of uh, next had to sort of get more people making yeah um and then obviously with the shops it was then shop staff mm-hmm. um and i now and I, and i have um people doing the sort of making elements that start in the workshop so i have someone that does all the all the cutting mm-hmm. um because there's, there's always been i mean I've, I've had someone doing cutting for quite a long time because there's always been a lot of cutting to get the boxes the boxes ready yeah um the outworkers um and i now also have someone who sort of runs the wholesale side of the business right the person so she, who makes the calls and walks into the shops for you exactly, exactly <laughs> so she's been around for quite a while doing, <laughs> doing the phoning people side of things because that is yeah i think i'm still i i have no problem standing in a trade show and mm. talking about product so I'm very comfortable having launched my business that way I I, I love it I, the thing I find about a trade show is everyone comes to you and you and it's yes. perfectly clear why why you know they are there to find products to put in their shops mm-hmm. and you are there with products for their shop and it's a very <laughs> simple equation um, when it comes to cold calling or to approaching people who don't know you I, I yeah find it difficult Mm -hmm. well I think it's you know it's a very wise choice to and that's what I always tell people outsource the things that you either aren't good at or don't enjoy as early as possible (laughs) so you can focus on the good stuff (laughs) (laughs) well there you go yeah that's awesome so you know you've got all these other wonderful people who have slowly come on board to help you grow your business so what what's your role in the business these days well, I call myself design and direction. Lovely. So in theory, I, I design all the new products. I make the first one. I mm-hmm. work out the templates. Um, I write the file of all the all the kind of components and things that it's going to have. But I also decide where we're going with the business, what shows we're going to do, um, what's going to happen next. Um, I, I put the bins out. I um, pay the cleaner. (laughs) I do the bookkeeping. That's quite a critical. You still do the bookkeeping? I do. I do do the bookkeeping. I love it. Oh, there you go. Um, Yeah. Um, I do quite a lot of our lifestyle photography is still done by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It sort of fluctuates depending on whether we've got everything ready in order to have um, a photographer do it or whether it's dribs and drabs, in which case I do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of um you know a lot of little things that I do but I I did a few um sort of two or three years ago I sat down with another with a business coach and we mapped out all the things that I do on a kind of graph of effort um versus reward right <laughs> um, and it was just a simple exercise with post-it notes on a on a big graph on on the wall in front of my um my desk and it was 
a very interesting you know just to look at every single job I do and and can I get someone else to do it you know mm. is does it have to be me and you know because I think at the end of the day my my skill lies in in the design and the ideas for the products yes. and unless I've got the time and the I've carved out that space for myself to to do those it, it won't keep moving forward yeah and so that's so critical good exercise to do yeah mm. absolutely I love design and direction. That's I think that's a nice yeah. a nice title. <laughs> it kind of describes it. <laughs> and I think for a lot of makers, I mean, obviously we enjoy the actual making process, but when it turns into a business and, you know, you have to make for hours upon hours every day, I think perhaps uh, it's really the design and the, the crafting of that first thing that is really what we love um, a lot of the I time. I think I do love making, I do love sitting down with a batch of things to make I and mean, it, but then that's probably because I don't do it every day anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think there is something that may, has made me a craftsperson rather than an artist. Mm. It, and I think that is that, that I do like a, a repetitive task. <laughs> there is something very therapeutic about it. But I think I also love all the the the, you know, the different facets of running a business. So I think mm. that's why I found that's why I, I've quite enjoyed the business growing and having so many different things to sort out and think about yeah and I think uh, I think it's difficult for makers who are making that transition I you know if you don't actually enjoy the business side of the business I think you'll always struggle to grow it because it'll Mm. just be something you're kind of making yourself doing rather than something you're enjoying doing yeah, I think unless uh, you can bring in someone like a partner or mm. a sister who, who uh, you know, <laughs> do you know businesses who have another half who is the, yeah. the business brain and they're the creative one, which I think is quite a nice way of of setting things up. Um, but I think if it is just you yourself, um, yeah, the business side does, it, you do need it yes. in order to to make a living I think and it takes up a lot of time I think a lot of a lot of um hobbyists kind of you know with their craft they just make and when they think oh maybe I can sell this they don't realize how much time they're going to have to give to the actual business side of Mm. things rather than the making side of things yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah it's a big transition I would I would say it's probably 90% admin 10% making (laughs) You know, I say that as well, and it's terrifying to people. (laughs) That's in the, you know, that's in the beginning, obviously that 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 first bit. But then, you know, if you're growing it as well, it's 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 never it never goes away. You know, there's always all the emails and the marketing and the blah 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 to do and the development and so on. So I think that it gets you know you're doing less and less creative as as you grow this. If you know that. And then if you get it big enough, you can get the creativity back again. Yes, which is is a nice goal, I think. Mm. So what would you say has been kind of the biggest challenge you've overcome in your business journey so far, if if there's one thing that stands out? Um, I I find this question difficult to answer because I would Mm. say that starting my business and growing it was quite was quite easy. It was exciting and it and it went it went well. Mm hmm it's keeping it it's keeping it going I think it is a sort of it's managing the peaks and troughs I think Mm. that is what I find the hardest for example I've sold to quite big customers over the years but I will find you might have a very good big customer who orders from you for three or four years 
but then they stop ordering from you right. and you may have come used to that that income mm-hmm. and then you don't have it anymore and then you've got to make sure that you can still pay all your bills um and manage your overheads um and that that is that is difficult mm-hmm. um and and then the other side is keeping that keeping that creativity going into it and and having enough time to to be good enough to be creating something new and something good and something that's going to keep you keep you ahead of the game so those those are my challenges I would say um Mm. and I don't think that will ever change because I think there will always be peaks and troughs that that have to be managed yeah um, and always be someone who's better than you or someone you know think things move on and you, Mm. you have to keep keep moving on as well that's a really good point. And I think also um, being in business for a long time, perhaps, you know, you get, you can get a bit more comfortable with those peaks and troughs in that, you know, you there's a rhythm to them. You know, you can you can kind of have a bit of a feel in some ways. So like season, so for you say, you know, seasonally with your retail stores, you know that there's a peak time and then there's a fallow time and yeah. you can sort of plan for that. Whereas people who are in the first few years can be very ups and downs kind of suddenly and then they always kind of freak out when the down happens and don't know that there's going to be another up. So <laughs> yeah, this is this is very true. Yeah, you do you do realize that there's a there's a certain rhythm to things. Mm. But I don't know for me personally, I still get the fear occasionally yeah. that um that 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 big customer is not going to turn up to replace mm. the other one that stopped ordering or you know for instance for instance, obviously having just opened my second shop, that's a big unknown. The first shop has gone very well. Yeah, you know, all all logic tells me the second shop should go well too. Um, it's in a, a good location in the right sort of town, but it's unknown. Yeah, um, and it's it's you know it's something I wanted to do for a long time to get mm. a second shop. Um, so it's there's I think if you set challenges for yourself like that, it there there, there will always be a little bit of nervousness. <laughs> Well, that's Doesn't the thing. Matter how long you've been in business, <laughs> but th- I think that's what makes bus- a, b- a successful business successful is taking risks. Like you have to be willing mm. to take risks and see what will happen and what will pan out. Um, but educated and thought carefully yes. thought out. <laughs> I think I'm. I'm not a great advocate for just. You know, I, I'm not. A, although I've done a lot of things with my business, I'm not a massive risk taker Mm -hmm. i'll do a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of thinking before i before i kind of make the leap Mm -hmm. i think that's important yeah definitely being being logical and methodical about it rather than just being driven by oh that's that that kind of shiny thing syndrome Um, that's a great idea let's just do it rather than actually thinking about whether it's a a good idea yeah yeah (laughs) so think of the nephews yeah that's right So um, do you have something that stands out as kind of a really a real highlight or a high point for you in, in your business journey? Um, I think selling to shops, yeah, I set my very first Liberty order is a long time ago now. That was quite <laughs> an amazing, an amazing thing. Um, and so, yeah, selling to some quite well-known, um, well-known retail stores is has been very exciting. And um, I've had sort of features in magazines and things like that. And that's always very, you know, it's exciting to see mm. your products um, on in print in, in, in the press. Um, I, I think there's always this little, every, every few months, every few months, there'll be a little something that you're like, Oh, 
that's exciting. <laughs> uh, I think that's what keeps you going in business yeah. is those little moments of, of excitement. I, I think for me anyway, that's, that's what I'm always kind of hoping is around the corner. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you spend much time actually in your shops, like on the shop floor, like watching your customers and interacting with them? Um, I, I do do a sh- about a shift a month in in our St. Ives shop mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to get the manager of the Padstow shop to, to timetable me in because it's, <laughs> I love it. I, lo- I love being in the shop and um, so long as it's busy and people are buying things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if no one's buying anything, then I'm going to be miffed. But I, I just find it a great opportunity to talk to people. Mm. Um, you know, you've got your customers right there. Yeah. Um, you can ask them stuff and yeah, and they enjoy it too. So it's you know you've got you've got a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts in your business. Do you mm. do you have like a, a routine? Like do you have work hours and, and hours off? Or like how does how does that a typical kind of week look for you or day? Yeah, no, I do. I I am I'm very routine. So yeah, we we work um, half half nine to half five in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't tend to work outside of those hours we don't tend to work weekends apart from the in the shops mm-hmm. um so my my day generally will be sort of getting up sorting out breakfast and the school run i try to get into work before everybody else so i can just have a few minutes quiet mm-hmm. um just sort of i i i'm a you know religious lift uh, list maker so i have <laughs> my kind of i don't and i keep it, do it on paper so i, I don't mm-hmm. really like to carry it with me so i get into work see what's on my list um there's always emails to deal with and then there'll be you know just various various activities I sort of have my I have monthly meetings with my marketing people with my shop people mm-hmm. just to keep that all on with my wholesale with Sarah on in wholesale just to keep everything sort of moving and keep certain actions and things that we're trying to achieve on on track yeah um so I am I am fairly routine in in how I work with things um and I have now quite recently I've um tried to make the product development and the new ideas much more routine as well Mm. so I've I've sort of made it Sarah's job to tell me when she needs new products by (laughs) that seems I think that will work quite well I need this many new products by this date and therefore I have to make sure I timetable in enough time to to work on them yeah um don't just sort of sit in front of a blank page waiting for the news to strike (laughs) yeah I've never found that terribly motivating myself (laughs) you just have to do it yeah exactly exactly and sometimes sometimes a deadline can be very motivating absolutely yeah (laughs) so you know you've you've done a lot and tried a lot of different things with your business over the years what would you say has been the best marketing move you've made for your business or that uh, your sister's made for your business? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, our shop in St. Ives on the main street, I would say, has been the most successful thing mm. we've done. It's obviously a massive commitment yeah. um, with wages, with the lease, with, with the rent, um, but it's it brings people in every day. So every day mm. people are seeing our stories, seeing our products, buying our products um, and taking that away with them. And they're mostly holiday makers. So mm. they're going back to wherever they're from, telling their friends, telling their family, buying things for their neighbours, for their, for their family. So mm. it's, it's, we find when we look at our website statistics that an awful lot of our online trade, the people have found us through our, through our bricks and mortar shop. Okay. 
Uh, it's not something that I would say is, you know, right for everybody because mm. you need to sort of be, um, you need to have a huge range of products in order to fill a shelf, you know, fill a shop with your only your own things. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's yeah, it, it's a lovely feeling to to have people come in and respond so positively to what to what you've created. Yeah, I I think every maker has this w- little dream, even if they know it's never going to come true, of having their own shop, you know, that we're full of their, their things that they've made and people coming in and looking at them and talking to them. And, you know, for those of us who's an online shop, you know, that's the, close, the closest perhaps a lot of us will get yeah. or having a market stall. Um, and but, far yeah. fewer overheads. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and no days when you, you're not really aware of it when no one comes in. <laughs> yes, like definitely, definitely. It's just sitting there waiting. Yeah. So yeah. It is the dream, but it's critical that you do it in the right place mm. with the right footfall and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is a big commitment. Um, I mean, I think aside from that, we social media has been very important for us. Mm. Um as a marketing tool as our e-newsletters we send we, we do a regular e-newsletter mm-hmm. um which we try and keep very sort of personal and have you know news you know my news as a designer and news from members of the team and new, what's new and competitions um and you know the people that subscribe to it so, you know read it and and like it and are very you know very sort of loyal followers of the business yeah and it's a great way of, of keeping in touch with them Definitely, I'm a huge believer in the power of email, even in this day and age, to actually, you know, maintain that relation, that personal re- yeah. relationship with your customers. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, um, you've got a wealth of experience and a, a long, long history of growing this successful business. What is a piece of advice, or advice, pieces of advice that you would give fellow makers about running a successful creative business? Well, I think, I mean, I do always say this is you is at the bottom of it all. You've got to have your pricing right. Mm. You, you've got particularly if you're going to wholesale. I mean, as I started out with wholesale, I worked at my wholesale pricing and then my retail pricing came afterwards. Because I think if you start with retail, you are then feeling like you're just taking a great big hit on your price if you yeah. sell to wholesale. Um, so working out those sums right from the get-go is critical. And if if the number that comes out at the end is is not feasible, then you've sort of got to change what your product is or how you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's 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 the kind of number side because your business could be successful, but you could make absolutely no money from it yeah. and be working for twenty five p an hour. <laughs> so. Um, and then the other side, I think, is is staying original. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's trying, in a way, it's almost trying to lock yourself off from other designers. I mean, I think it's harder and harder to be original because you're bombarded with images and other designs and other other makers so much more. I think than when I started my business, mm-hmm. I, I didn't reference other makers or other trends or anything like that when I started. I, I just sort of went out and drew fishing boats and then <laughs> sat down at my sewing machine um but i think trying to sort of carve out your what makes you different and yes. keeping and and that originality i think is is key that to stand out in the market yeah that I, I call it a micro niche like that very very specific product line that you make 
really well and that makes you stand out from everybody else absolutely that that yes that is your story to tell yeah definitely awesome um (laughs) before we finish up uh do you by chance have a quote for us that inspires and motivates you or motivates you oh i'm not a great user of quotes (laughs) um the the thing the one that we use quite a lot in the workshop is just quirky handmade charm (laughs) which can cover a multitude of sins (laughs) but um that that's for us is kind of what makes our products different it what it's what means they're not made in china yeah um you know if one little dog stitched on something looks quite different to another little dog stitched on something that's a good thing yeah as opposed to being a bad (laughs) thing so um I think going back to something I said earlier about um, that that sort of graph of effort versus reward in all mm. the things that you do, and as you were saying about delegating the things that you that you don't enjoy or are not very good at, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's been an important part of my of my business. I mean, some people would say I've not let go of enough, but <laughs> I think <laughs> I think um, finding someone to do things who's better at it than you. Mm. Is is you're really lucky if you can do that and then hang on to them and keep them doing that job. Yeah, that's a very, very helpful um, thing when you do find them. And those people can be hard to find. So, yeah, if you Absolutely, do find them. Yeah, you just got to keep them happy. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's the same with my outworkers. They, they, I, I think they do it better than me. Mm. Um, and they've been work, working for me for a long time. Um, and it's looking after them and making sure that they're valued and appreciated and well, well paid and so that they don't go elsewhere. And cause they are all the people that sort of do those things that I don't do are what makes, you know, makes the business what it is. Indeed. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's grown from a one, one woman show to a many women and possibly men. <laughs> I don't know. No, no men. <laughs> A many women <laughs> try <it. laughs> uh, a, a very a big um, creative uh, community of people yes. under the Poppy Trefry label. Yeah, which yeah. is a wonderful yeah. thing, and it must be, you know, it must be exciting and terrifying at the same time having that responsibility um, for all those people, but also knowing that you're you know, you're, you're contributing to the continuation of the handmade tradition over time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, it, and it's somewhere like sort of Penzance where I'm based, it's, there's not a massive amount of employment opportunities. There are, there are things going on. I'm just glad that I'm a part of it, that mm. I'm able to offer sort of interesting creative work in, in this area. So that's, yeah, that's, I think, something that I'm doing for my for my community and that's a wonderful thing well Poppy it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing insight into the growth of your business and you know that evolution of 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 growth uh, to, to from you know where it was to where it is today and um I'm sure it will continue to grow I have no doubt of that so where can where can we find you online to check out your beautiful creations? Um, you can um, visit my website, which is um, poppytrefry.co.uk. Wonderful. And we'll put that in the show notes for this episode, everyone, so you can Excellent. head on over and click on that with abandon <laughs> and go <laughs> check it out and uh, get a sneak peek into the Poppy Trefry story. Thank you so much, Poppy, for oh. coming on the show. 
Thank you, Jess. It's been good fun. How good was that? Thank you again, Poppy, so much for coming on the show and chatting with me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for sharing all your behind the scenes experiences about growing a handmade business beyond just yourself. And thank you, lovely listener, for being here once again. We're almost, can you believe it, to 100 episodes, just a couple of episodes away, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I can't quite believe it that we're almost to 100. So, you know, I'd love to know what's your favorite. What's your favorite episode to date? What is the one you've enjoyed the most and why? Come on over createandthrive.com, look for episode 97 and leave me a comment and let me know or tweet me at Jess Van Den or leave it on the Create and Thrive Facebook page, whatever works. <laughs> or you can email me, of course, Jess at createandthrive.com and let me know which has been your favorite episode to date and why I would love to know. So I can, one, just know and two, make sure I'm making more of those sorts of episodes to help you create a thriving handmade business. And remember to head on over to Your Year to Thrive to find out more about that year-long program, which uh, will be kicking off again in April with the new members to the Thriver Circle in just a few weeks' time. And I hope you join us. So have a wonderful week. Uh, have an awesome time with your business. Make sure you're on the right track. Make sure to take a few risks, although, you know, reasonable, <laughs> logical risks. <laughs> and do something exciting. Try something you haven't tried before and see what happens. I'm Jess Van Den. This has been the Th Create and Thrive podcast for another week. And goodbye for now.